Welcome to another Axe Church Podcast. My name is Hunter. Uh, you're listening to the Axe Church Podcast. We're glad you're here today. Uh, today we have Kristen Wire, who is our children's director, along with Pastor David Robinson, who is our teaching pastor here at Axe Church. Um, and we are going to talk about something that he has not told us about yet. Uh, we are just along for the ride. Yeah, I like it that way. I don't want you to have too much time to think about your answers and your responses. Wait, wait, I don't want to be in this podcast. Yeah, well... <laughs> This is actually, Hunter, I've pulled up a background check on you, and we're just going to go through a few questions. Oh, this could be entertaining, at least. Yeah, right. (laughs) No, we're going to talk about a couple things. Uh, We'll call this the Millennials and Me, episode three. Uh, I think we've done two before. And uh, every once in a while, I like to get the younger staff members in here and um, kind of pick their brain and let them think about, uh, try to apply the mind of Christ to different topics. And this week, with the midterm elections, if you're listening to this near the time we recorded it, you'll know that this is kind of a big deal. Last night, we had the midterm elections in this country, and people made a really big deal about about that and about um, the seriousness of it. And this is the most important time to vote and so on. And we're not going to talk about candidates or political parties or anything like that, because that's just not what we do. We, we apply the mind of Christ to, um, to, to politics at sort of a different level, which is to say, what does scripture say about it? Who are we as, uh, what, how should we respond as believers to kind of the political climate that we're in? And so, I just want to kind of start by, I'm, I'm just going to throw it to you, Chris, and I'm going to just ask, you know, politics in general, not, don't talk to me about political parties or candidates or any of that kind of thing, but your life has been one. Mine was a little different because I was born a long time before you were. And so um, there was a time when politics were were kind of, I mean, there's always been a lot of tension between different parties and, and di- on different issues and things like that, but it's definitely gotten more and more and more uh, angry, uh, virul- virulent. Is that the word I want to use? Um, it's just gotten more, uh, people have gotten much more serious uh, kind of at the edges. And then in the middle, I think there's a lot of confusion. And so what? how has it affected you kind of growing up? You're, what, 23? Mm-hmm. So how has it affected you growing up? Um, you've been a legal voter, assumedly, for about five years, whether you actually exercise the franchise or not. Um, you've been a legal voter for that long. What is it like to approach as a young person kind of coming up in, in the world? What is it like to approach politics as a, as a topic and, and your role as an individual and as a believer? Uh, you know, how does it affect you? I'm going to start with the secular side by just saying it's, I feel like it's really awkward to talk about politics in general because the generations before us, it was like one of those things that you don't talk about. Um, You don't really talk about like when you're talking to strangers, you don't talk about them on first dates, like there's a time and a place to talk about politics. And I feel like that recently is, has changed or is changing. Um, So it's, I feel like a lot of people my age and um, a little bit older are very like, let's talk politics all the time. Like we need to start having these conversations. We need to talk. We need to talk. And then there's older generations who are still kind of have set in their mind like there's a time and place for that. And it's rude to talk about it and rant about it and rave about it. But, you know, now we have social media. So people basically can just talk about whatever they want to talk about whenever they want to talk about it. Um, So for me, it's just it's kind of taboo and it's kind of weird of like when when to talk about it and how to talk about it. Um, and I feel like I would talk about it differently with someone my age than I would someone that's older. Um, but I am just not a very political person. I, I, I don't know. I try and um, view politics with, like you said, like through a biblical 
worldview, I guess. And it's not really about parties for me or this person did that or this person did this. It's more of what does the Bible have us? Um, what does the Bible want us to do? What does it instruct us to do? And that's pretty much just like love people um, and um, show people the love of Christ. So that's definitely the first thing that I think about when um, I start talking to anybody about politics is I always bring up, well, you know, the Bible tells us to love people. So I feel always feel like that's a good jumping off point mm-hmm. for me personally. How about you, Hunter? Uh, yeah, I think growing up, um, I definitely, I mean, by growing up, I mean like three years ago when I, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was in college, you know, I, I got in a lot of um, political debates, partly um, just for my own, like, understanding, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an awkward thing, especially in our country right now, cause people get, um, so passionate about it. Um, and you also don't like, if I don't know a person very well, I don't know how passionate they are. Like they could just like be like totally fine to just shoot the breeze about politics or they could have already a very, um, intense point of view on it. And so it's, it's just very, um, uncertain how people are going to take any amount of conversation and i'm a very like who is uncomfortable in this circle because i'm going to be more uncomfortable than them (laughs) (laughs) and so if if i think that this conversation is leading to anyone's discomfort i'm like just shrinking in my chair you know (laughs) so yeah well i mean uh, kristen's right about one thing it used to be and i think still is it depends on the circle you run in uh considered rude to discuss or to bring up politics at least in certain circumstances, you didn't at Thanksgiving dinner. You didn't bring up politics. It used to be religion and politics. You didn't yeah. talk about religion and politics. Um, whether that's a good or a bad idea, I have I have noticed what you're saying, which is that people now with social media tend to share their opinions much more easily and readily and way and more publicly. Just yeah. right. So if your friends and of course a Facebook friend is just a person that you maybe know. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe know someone you know so when you're or that you ran into one time. Right, right. And you happen to oh I know that person. So the the fact is is when you put something out on Facebook, it's actually getting a very possibly a very wide audience. And I've seen, you know, in, in recent years where you're actually seeing people unfriending, yeah. uh, losing friends, losing, uh, and, and these are probably more acquaintance friends than friends friends, but you see these kind of political dialogues start up on Facebook and, and maybe they end with, well, maybe we just shouldn't be friends anymore. We shouldn't talk anymore, which is one of the reasons why people said don't talk about politics in, in certain environments because the idea was the relationships are more important than where your political views are. And there's a time and a place to sort of um, engage and and try to convince your friends and neighbors about your political views. But that time and place is probably not Thanksgiving dinner or, right. you know, a, a friendly conversation or something like that. There's probably a way to, to say, hey, what do you what do you think about this political issue or that you know, issue facing this country or, or whatever it happens to be. And then you can talk through it, hopefully, with a level of thoughtfulness uh, and so on. But the problem is, is that thoughtfulness has sort of gone away. And what's replaced it is a hard, a hard line stance for those. It's like you either care about, quote unquote, politics, in which case you have a very hard line stance. You tend to be almost hateful towards those who disagree with you, or you've just kind of decided not to care about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you just you just stay out of it because you're not interested in, in those kinds of conversations because the conversations that are out there aren't 
aren't friendly. They aren't, uh, they aren't leading to, uh, you know, a place of, okay, we can compromise here. We can come to, instead it's just, this is what I think. And you're stupid if you don't think it. Mm -hmm. And the other person say, no, this is what I think. And you're evil if you don't think it. And, and, you know, sort of has this thing that goes back and forth, um, which is not very inviting. I don't think for, for anybody, not just for people your age who are coming up into it, but certainly for you all, I would imagine that it's making the whole political scene seem like something you almost want to stay away from and is less likely to get you to vote, to engage, to do those kinds of things because there's a lot of discomfort, uh, awkwardness and so on around the idea of even engaging with politics. Uh, would you find that to be, you know, the way that you think about it? Like, I, I almost don't really want to engage in it because politics as a as a thing itself is, is so awkward when people talk about it. What's your experience? It makes me not want to publicly engage with it. So not bring it up in conversations, not post my opinions and beliefs on Facebook or on the internet and on like a more social media platform. I, for me personally, because like you said, it's going to cause more attention and discord than unity and compromise. And that's just, I feel like politics is not a good jumping off point for me to tell people about Jesus and his love, because like you said, there are all those hard lines and battles back and forth. So it's just something that I, I choose to talk about with my close friends and my close family. And I have my opinions about, but I'm not going to go shouting them from the rooftops for everybody to hear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much only talk to it. If, if this person that I'm talking to, um, could totally disagree with me, hundred percent disagree with me and we'd still be okay to talk about it. That's someone I'm willing to talk to politics about. Yeah, I Otherwise I, I pretty much just don't want, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about politics, but from a very, I won't take a position. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just, I'll just consider the, the policies and the stats and the things, the facts behind it. But I, I, I'm really hesitant to take any sort of position. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, personally, I'm really hesitant to take positions because I realize just how much out there um, I don't know mm -hmm. dealing with this whole situation that I'm trying to make a decision on what the policy should be on it. Um, there's so much out there. So I'm, I'm hesitant for that reason, but I'm also hesitant for social reasons. Mm -hmm. You bring up a good point, which is um, that we know so much less, and I say we just human beings, in my experience, in general, know so much less about the complexities and the nuances of public policy issues and decisions and so on. They know so much less than they think they know. Mm -hmm. And, and any time that you think you know a lot more than you really know and you verbalize those things, you tend to find yourself in trouble and mm -hmm. you tend to find yourself in, in arguments that are intractable that you can't really get out of, that you have to take a position on and, and you're not listening and things like that. And so I think it's wise to say, well, I'm going to listen to what this person says, to what that person says, and then I'm going to apply the mind of Christ to it and, and reason that, you know, the, the mind that God's given me, you know, we used to, when we did contemplate which we may do again, which was, you know, we met on Monday nights and we'd have discussions about philosophy, about art, about sometimes about politics. And one of the things I noticed is when a political issue would come up, I knew where people sort of <laughs> stood, right? And I mean, I know the people who were there to some extent. And so for most of them, I know if they're really political and they're really in this party or they're really in that party or they really think this or that. And my my goal was to simply bring out, regardless of where the person was or what they were bringing up, was to just bring out some of the things that they maybe have never thought about mm -hmm. that relate to the issue that they're very passionate about, but they haven't even thought through 
you know, this thing or that thing or the other thing, because those, the talking heads in, in the world, you know, the, on the news channels, the 24 hour news channels, and so depending on which one and which way they lean and blah, 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 they tend to be very narrow and, and, and do a lot of sort of uh, sound bites, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you believe this, blah, 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 you know, as opposed to, okay, here's this huge tapestry of interconnected issues with this policy. And, and here's how this might affect this. And they don't do that because, you know, entertainment news doesn't lend itself to long drawn out, uh, you know, uh, expression of the issues as where, you know, you had guys like back in, back in the old days when Abraham Lincoln was in the debate, it was three hours. Yeah. And then the other guy, we talk for three hours, right? And and I mean, I think there was a lot of free gin and things like that, and so that may have <laughs> that may have helped out. I'm, I'm not sure, but but that's how these political discourses Wait, for the place. people listening or yeah, for, for Abraham Lincoln. Well, <laughs> probably probably for both. Um, so he didn't make I want to hear of, that debate. He didn't make as much sense towards the end of the debate, <laughs> but but you know, it was it was a thing where people were were planning to listen to long, drawn out, thoughtful, uh, you know, uh, speeches on these issues, as opposed to, you know, both. Or all different parties and people and whatever basically saying, we're going to win. We're the best. We really care about people. And the other person, no, no, we really care about people. Oh, well, Jesus would be this party. No, Jesus would be this party. It's like, okay, time out. <laughs> I don't remember Jesus being particularly uh, politically, public policy uh, focused in his ministry. And so, and for some people, they're going to be like, yes, he was. And so, okay, let's, let's just walk through this a little bit. In this most recent midterm election thing that we just went through, there were a lot of people who were saying things like, this is the most important election in, in a generation, right? This is the biggest thing. Like you, like this is the whole world. Which from a millennial standpoint, can I just say has feel, I feel like they've said this the past like four elections, which have been, you know, all the ones that I can vote in. And so mm -hmm. I feel like I've been hearing that every time elections come up and just for you all who keep saying it, it means less and less, the more that you say it. So I'm just going to obviously, that out there. right. The, the, <laughs> one of the problems with it is they say it every time now, every time, every election, the whole world will end or, or go on depending on what you do as an individual and the way you vote. The truth is that as believers, we have a very different view about, uh, let, let's just call it human um, interaction in political issues or, or human policies that are being brought about. In fact, we believe there is a king, there's only one, um, and that we're not for this world. There's a whole group of people in the world uh, who are believers, who are Christian fo Christ followers, who actually um, view, have a view of scripture and have a view of, uh, let's just call it end times theology and things like that, where they actually believe that it's our duty as Christian, as Christ followers to sort of usher in the millennial reign of Christ, which is to say, we are going to make the world better and better and better and better and better. That's the plan. The plan is to make the world better and better. So so really, these elections are the most important thing in the world because they're, because that's what's going to make the world continue to go in this sort of upward um, direction where we get better and better and better, and eventually Christ will come and, and reign and so on because the world has become so good. As where most believers don't see it that way. We don't see ourselves as citizens of this world. We don't see us primarily as that citizens a, of this a world. Pre is that what premillennialism is? It's just amillennialism, right? So, oh. so well, it's not necessarily amillennialism, but I don't want to get into all the, to, to the theological names. Amillennialism is say there's no millennium. 
this this would be a view that says that the millennial reign of Christ is not is not a rapture you know based type thing, but rather that the that the kingdom will be ushered in as the world gets better and better and better. That Christ will essentially that we should basically create theocracies, governments that are that are run like ancient Israel was okay? right. run by God essentially. And that as we do that and we get, and, and we do all the right things that are in scripture, then the Lord will come. Okay. That's, and then by our efforts, Christ will be put on the throne. Essentially that's, and, and it's, and I don't want to do disservice to the view. Let's just say it's definitely a minority viewpoint. Um, I don't know that there's anything I could disagree with more uh, because it's just not what I see scripturally. It's not my eschatology or my view of the end times. But more importantly, there's no evidence at all that things in general are getting better and better and better. There are some things that we have done better from a public policy standpoint over time in this country, you know, the United States of America might do something or this country over here might do something, or Brazil might do something or Chile might do that, that is okay. But by and large, what we see is moral decay and then more moral decay and then more moral decay. We don't see, and we see, we see corruption, and then more corruption, and then more corruption. They get better at hiding it, or they do it in different ways, or whatever. But what we do not see is this, you know, if, the, if you're looking at the graph, it's not going up and to the right, okay? <laughs> it's going down and to the right. It's not a, it's not a path that looks good for us. Um, and so, because, because I don't view it that way, my view on politics is not that if this person or that person becomes a senator or a president or a governor or, or whatever, that that is, you know, that that has this humongous impact on who I am as a Christ follower or on, or, or on my own security or my own, um, you know, safety or things, because those are all in Christ's hands. Those things are all in, in the hands of Christ. And so I, while I want Obviously, we want to do things that are biblical, and we want to do things that are that are that that apply the mind of Christ to social issues. And when I say social issues, I don't I'm not being specific. I just mean policies. We want we want to do that to the extent that as citizens we have a vote, we ought to do that. You know, I don't I don't subscribe to we should go sit in a corner somewhere and create. A, you know, we'll go. Well, I'll go buy an island somewhere and we'll just live away from everybody. No, we're we're called to engage in culture, and so we as believers should be the ones saying these are the things that apply the mind of Christ to these policy issues, and we should vote for those things. But whether we quote unquote win or lose is not an issue that that I think believers should be overly focused on. Um, we should care about the poor, the oppressed, uh, you know, the the weak, the you know, the the person who needs because scripture cares about those people. Mm -hmm. The people who need uh, the Lord, the people who need us to show the love of Christ to them, we should care about those people. How we do that, you know, so that different parties and different people have different views about different economic policies and this and that and the the this you know the boat rises when this, these people rise and it kind of lifts everybody up or you should focus specifically on this or do this with money look I'm not going to get into any of that I just know for a fact that we should care about our families our communities the people who live around us the the poor the weak the oppressed the traditionally um, uh, people who are who are ground underfoot, which would include, you know, most minority groups, if not all minority groups, uh, you know, women, people of color, you know, the, the, the traditionally poor. These are people that we should be caring for because as believers, the sick, 
Mm-hmm. Right? These are the people who, the widow, the orphan. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the people who, as believers, we are called to, to help, to assist, and so on. And as believers, we should be doing that. Whether any political party or whether any political candidate does it, it's our responsibility as individuals. We don't give that to, to any governmental structure and say, now it's your problem. We don't mm-hmm. have to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Do we do do we hope that the government has plans and policies in place that make society something that is um, that is good, that is after the good? Of course we do. But I but I don't I do not give up. I do not abdicate my responsibility as a believer by giving that to the government mm-hmm. as the as the church, as Christ church, not just as Acts church, but as Christ church. We have a responsibility to walk forward in doing that. And so as it comes to political parties and so on. Look, you should have positions. You should think well about things. You should have positions. You should vote consistent with your conscience on those positions. Absolutely. But as an individual and as part of Christ's church, you should be acting consistently every day with your positions. And the one thing you should not do is have your own personal security, your own personal fears, hopes, dreams wrapped up in a political party or a political candidate. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw it back. We'll start with Kristen again to you. You know, to what extent do you feel like the people that you're around? And let's talk about unbelievers for a minute that you're that are your friends that you interact with. To what extent do you feel like their fears um, and hopes are wrapped up in what politicians or political parties do? Their whole future, their whole what's going to happen is is super uh, connected to what a politician or what a political party will do. I see a divide. Um I have a lot of friends that are minorities, and I think um, for them, they definitely, a lot of their hopes and fears and dreams does get wrapped up in who is in office um, because, you know, they, they're just, they're afraid of whoever is doing whatever will cause them to not be physically safe or, you know, financially safe. Um, and then my friends who, like, aren't, who aren't really minorities, I mean, of course, they, they care. Um, and I think... That they would say, the unbelievers, that they would say that they want moral laws and they want things to be good, but they're also very focused on their own individual rights and what they want as like an individual person instead of like a better of the world, better of the country, mm-hmm. um, which to me is kind of contradictory, which is another reason why I don't like politics is because I have a lot of people, especially unbelievers my age, arguing and saying that this political party is more moral and, you know, better for the world and blah, blah, blah. But they also kind of contradict that with saying like, I want this political freedom just for me, just because, you know, like I, I'm selfish and I want it this way. And da, da, da. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of see it as both. So I, um, I see a lot of unbelievers wrapping up their identity and their hopes and their dreams and their financial securities and politics, but I, I see it in believers too. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, I just want to, I don't want to you know, make our warts visible. I right. just want other people to, no, <laughs> no, no, I do. And, and that's, and that's part of what I'm saying is as believers, we ought not to do that. There's no question. There are believers all over the place who get very nervous or very uncomfortable or, or whatever about what's going to happen. Now, advocating, being serious about advocating for the things you believe in, you ought to do that and you ought to do it passionately. Um, and so those who are getting the vote out, those who are doing this kind of, that's great. But if you're, if at the end of the day, that's driven by fear, mm-hmm. fear is not the, the uh, emotion or the, or the, or the uh, attitude of a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter, what about you? I don't know how many people you're still connected to that now that you're working at a church and what selling jewelry with your wife or something. I don't know what exactly is going on. Very not involved in that. Yeah. 
That's that's just just people at Axe Church will get that joke. Everybody else is like, "What? what? He's selling jewelry? I want some hunter jewelry." Um, no, how, how do you how do you think or how do you see people's view of these of these things? Do they see it as, "Hey, this is kind of a life or death or economic life or death or whatever issue," or do you see um, people not caring? I uh, definitely see most people seem to be um, very enthralled in my day is as good as my political uh, party or my political um, emotional investments are being followed. You know, um, if, if this p- policy that I'm passionate about or this um, this issue that I'm pas- passionate about is not getting uh, better, in my opinion, then I'm not doing well. And I, I see I see that on both sides from believers and unbelievers. Um, and I think it's just... Uh, I think part of it has to do um, with um, people believing that that they are helpless um, in society to whatever we've we've placed the blame on on other people for everything, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's part of it. Um, people, rather than trying to do what they can um, with with what they what they have, with what knowledge they have, and what. Um, influence they have, um, and one of those influences is your vote. Um, rather than doing what they can, they they blame they they put that off on um, the rest of society for for a, a political stance that they've taken, or um, politicians themselves. Um, they they get so wrapped up in that that it it definitely seems to be ruining people's days um, when really it probably hasn't affected that day at all in a in a real way. Right. How much of what actually happens, especially at the national level of politics, actually reaches down to touch individuals in their lives is up for very serious debate. I wonder, though, to what extent people are wrapped up more in winning and and kind of having a tribe and a tribalism and winning the the this party won or that party yeah. won. It's, um, it's like sports. And I see this with believers as well. Yeah, I think it is like sports. I think there's a tribalism to it. I see it with believers as well, um, where where there's what is a win for a believer? To my to my knowledge, if I look at scripture, a win is one thing that you see people becoming disciples of Jesus Christ, getting saved, getting baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and learning to do all that Christ commanded them. So salvation and growth in Christ and discipleship is a win. There is no other win defined for believers other than something that flows out of those things. And so if you've got a win in your life that's wrapped up in what politician X or Y did, you know, look what she did over here, look what he did over there. If that's where a win comes for you, then you may need to reassess what a win looks like because you'll see, I don't know how much of this you see, but sometimes on Facebook or I get emails from different, you know, I went to a, to a Christian law school. And so you can just imagine a bunch of lawyer types. A lot of them were political, right? Um, and actually they were, they were connected or the, the law school had a relationship with one of these um, organizations that spends a lot of time fighting legally for quote unquote Christian causes and so on, right? And so you'll see things happen at the level of a Supreme Court or a court case somewhere or a law that gets passed somewhere. And I, I almost wonder people aren't more excited when quote unquote Christians win than when someone gets 
saved and baptized? Or are they putting as much effort into seeing Christians win in these situations or, or religious liberty, quote unquote, you know, going forward in this country, than seeing their neighbor actually come to transformational saving grace? Now, I'm not putting that on anybody. I'm just telling you what I've noticed and what I've seen. And so defining a win, taking the time, like introspection, self-assessment, what does a win look like? And saying, my candidate winning an election compared to a person finding Christ, is there even a comparison? And if there's not, which I think we all have to say there's not, then what is my emotional response to each? And if they're, if the emotional response is close on each of those, but we know in, in our minds and our hearts, they're not comparable. There's an issue there, mm-hmm. right? If I'm, if I get, this could be true of sports. If I get more excited about same the, could be true of shopping or shopping or yes, for jewelry online. Yes, right? specifically that. Um, it could be, it could be anything, right? That you put your heart into, then you start to see where your idols are coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think we can make idols. We, we have done so much in, in the history of, of not just uh, United States, but of people in general. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Israel. Mm-hmm. Give us a king so we can be like the other nations, mm-hmm. right? And God's like, you don't want this. This is not what you want. No, no, give us a king. If we give you a king, he's going to take your money. He's going to take your sons and, and make them go to war. He's going to take your daughters and make them serve you. Like, this is not going to be good for you. It's not what you want. Let me rule you. This is what God's saying. I, I will take care of you. No, no, no. Give us a king, <laughs> right? And so they get a king. You know, didn't work out really well with Saul. Uh, there's not a king where it worked out, in my opinion, really, really, well, really well, right? Um, right? In every case, there were issues because God did not design things to work that way. Now, of course, he knew what was going to happen, and it's all part of this greater story of redemption, salvation, transformation, Jesus Christ. But to this day, I think sometimes we want to abdicate our responsibility. Let the government do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, need the gov- we need the government to take care of this or to, to help our money do this or to help this. Listen, if you as an individual are living the Christ life, the life of a Christ follower, and that is rubbing off on other people, that is so much more powerful yeah. as an agent for change yeah. than anything that can be done by a politician. Mm-hmm. And again, let me just be clear. I'm not saying that if you care about politics, you're into it, that you shouldn't be. I have I have a friend who is, um, I have more than one person that I know that's in politics, that's a politician that does that kind of thing, and they want to do that for the glory of Christ, and they want to see... And certainly government and politics can do more than what you can do as an individual. That's why we put together governments so that we can uh, do things like build interstate highways and things like that. Absolutely. You know? there, there are things that, that the government does that we don't do. I abdicate my responsibility to build an interstate highway. Absolutely. I'm not going to go out and do that. Um, you know, I'm not good. There are certain things that I, that I have an expectation that we as a community do together, which is really what politics is, right? People, people coming together and and making decisions as a group that benefit the whole of society. Totally. Absolutely. And we should be, and we should care about those things. But when it comes to things like, let's, let's take a couple things. Let's take oppression, the, the traditional, um, intrinsic, just, just, just baked into society Mm -hmm. oppression against women and people of color. Let's start with that. I'm not even going to get to disabled. I'm not even going to get to, you know, there's so many other Mm -hmm. groups that are traditionally uh, treated poorly. Mm -hmm. Let's take women and people of color. If you, as an individual, were to take five seconds 
and honestly think about what it's like. And this is so this would be, you know, whoever you are, maybe you are a person of color, maybe you are a woman, maybe you're a man, maybe you're maybe, you, you know, whatever, wherever you are, put yourself in the position of another person, whatever, whatever. If you're if you're a person of color that's male, put yourself in the position of a person of color that's a female or, uh, you know, a person of not of color who's a female. Or if you're a female, put yourself, you know, put yourself in other people's shoes. Start start to look around the spectrum and see what is it like for this person to live. And if I'm to sit here and I'm going to put myself in the mindset of a, a traditionally oppressed group and think about what it's like for them to walk into situations and to deal with life, you know, in this society with sort of that baked in oppression, I start to get a very different heart mm -hmm. that Christ gives me towards the way that, that, I, ought, that I ought to act towards the types of things that I ought to be thinking. How do I, I, I'm thinking much more about how to lift somebody. When I think about Christ washing the feet of the disciples, that, that is such a powerful image, right? Of, of, of how we as believers ought to be treating other people and thinking about other people. Our job is to lift up and encourage and exhort and teach and do all these things as believers. And, and we, if we were doing that, who cares what the government's doing? Because if we're doing that effectively, then other people will too. Every major thing that has happened that has been a, of a great benefit morally has generally come, A, through the church, mm -hmm. right? Um, whether, that's the, whether that is e equality of rights for women having the vote, whether that's about the civil rights movement, whether that's, that's abolition of the slave trade, it has started not with politicians, but with people who came together and said, this is wrong, and more and more and more people saw that, that they were correct, joined them, and then the politicians listen, and they actually come later to actually make these changes, but they start in the heart of individuals and then in groups, and they ought to be continuously flowing from Christ's church. That's us. That's people who follow Christ. And if they're not, then there's a problem, right? If we've abdicated that and said, well, I'll just vote for somebody who says this or who says that, and you're not thinking about that, like you should think when you go to poll, how will my brother who's an immigrant, feel about me voting on this issue this way or for this candidate this way? How will that make this? Is this going to make that person's life better or worse? Mm -hmm. Are they going to be have more access to the good or less access to the good? How are they going to how will they feel about what about me? Oftentimes we vote our own interests. Right. We protect our own interests, whether it's economically or whatever. How is this person going to feel about the, the way that this thing has happened? Those are thoughts to have as a believer. Mm -hmm. Do we have them? I mean, is anyone out there saying loud enough these things and are believers listening to them? And what go? I'm going to let you guys go um, and, and tell me what your experience. Either one of you can start is of whether you think that's what people are thinking about or that you think because of the fear that we talked about earlier that most people are self-focused when it comes to politics. Hmm. I think I see both. I, and I definitely see a lot of people um, who view politics from um, this is what's best for these people. This is what's best for, for someone besides themselves. Right. Um, this is what's best for for society as a whole. Um, I don't. I definitely do see many people who um, who they vote this way, or this way, just because this is how I am going to be able to. Um, you know, I'm going to get taxed less, or I'm going to um, have more ability to do this or that. You know, um, certainly there's lots of that, but I, I do see 
um, it, there's a lot of, of social, social justice uh, popularity right now in culture. And I think um, it's definitely become a popular thing to, I, whether it's for your own interest or not, I think a lot of people, it's a very popular thing to care about uh, other people and how you vote, which to extent is a good thing. I, I suppose it depends. I see, I see people sometimes caring about other people in a, in a paternal way, which is to say these people, whoever that is, right? This group of people, the poor, um, women, uh, people of color, whatever, will be better served if we, quote unquote, who are in the majority, vote for this policy or that policy, which has a very paternal impact as opposed to how can I sacrifice? How can I, how can I wash the feet of this person? How can I lift this person up and give, and give them and treat them like they are equal or better Treat others better than yourselves. I'm pretty sure I read that in, in the scripture. <laughs> how, how can I do that? So I, so that's sort of what I see a lot of, and I'm not putting this on any individual. And by the way, I have my own political opinions. I'm not going to share them here because that's not the point of what we're talking about. But and they range. But you know, usually you, people tend to fall on sort of. You hear a lot of words: Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. Uh, you know, w- whatever it happens to be, anarchist, right? Um, which <laughs> that's me. Yeah, there you go. There's Christians on that side of things. Which, uh, yeah, Hobbes <gasps> would have something to say about that. Not the guy from the comic strip, but the philosopher. <laughs> um, you know. So, but I'm going to throw it over to you, Christian, because I sort of interrupted, giving you a chance to to respond to that. Um, I see people doing both. Again, I see a lot of unbelievers saying that they want to create, you know, a more inclusive, moral society. And I mean, if you go back to other podcasts or other sermons that we have on this website, and we've talked about it in Contemplate too. um, If you're not familiar, we talk a lot about like um, unbelievers and like their basis of morality and where it comes from. Um, And so check those out if you haven't heard any of it. But um, basically, it's it's hard for people who deny the existence of God to have uh, reasonable grounds for morals. And so, again, I see I see people saying, I want an inclusive and moralistic society, so I'm going to vote for this person and these things. And for me, I, I, I can see that their heart is to do it for the greater good and to do it for, um, like— I don't know, for the nation or for the world or whatever. Um, But it's also coming, I think, from a very selfish place because where where is their morality grounded? Where is that reasonable? Where is that coming from? Um, And so that's kind of conflicting to me. But I also like I see both. I see both what you guys are talking about. Um, And I completely agree that I feel like it's very, very, especially with millennials, I think, they're getting the impression that you put all those responsibilities of helping people on a government. Mm. And I think that's getting to be a bigger, bigger idea of, well, if the government's not helping people, then, you know, it's all a failure. Like we're going to burn as a country, like it's going to be terrible, but no one's willing to um, step up and do it as an individual first. And, um, and so I, it's, it's scary for the next generation if we keep going at this rate and putting all of the responsibility on politics and on people in power, then of course we're going to fail. I mean, of course, if we put our hope in anything besides Jesus Christ coming back hmm. on any political leader, like it's going to fail. That's, right. that's just my general opinion on politics in general. I don't put my hope and my faith of how this country is going to turn out and how I am as a person 
and another person. That's just absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes from Jesus first. And there's a lot of people these days saying like, oh, this person needs to be in office to bring, you know, Christ back to America or this person or this person. Or if we just get this person elected, then they'll save our country from the despair and the doom. And it's like, no, people can't save people. Um, the only thing that can save us as a country and us as a human race is Jesus coming back. And I pray for that day to come very, very quickly. But it's it's not it's not in my belief system. It's not in my worldview to put that hope in, in a person or a political party mm-hmm. um, or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there is a temptation to get wrapped up regardless of, you know, whether you're a believer or unbeliever to get wrapped up in that. Um, and, you know, to, there's this sort of weird um, reflection that people have of like, the good old days. Yeah. Uh, I think Billy Joel says, <laughs> Billy Joel says the good old days weren't always good and tomorrow ain't as bad as it seems. Um, and I would say he was partly right. The good old days weren't always good and tomorrow's probably worse than it seems. Um, <laughs> but that's because that's because uh-huh. of the, the heart of human beings yeah. and, and where we're going. And the only way that the only force in the world that is truly going to arrest you know, stop, restrain wickedness and evil is the Holy Spirit working through Christ's church. That's yeah. it. There is mm-hmm. nothing else. I don't. It doesn't matter what anybody tells me. I've seen no evidence that any other philosophy or ideology or anything that, that long term has positive effects on human beings. Now, that doesn't mean that people who don't believe in God can't can't see things that are that are correct or that are moral. I still think even that people don't understand that they have that they have actually um, developed their moral thinking through a Christian yeah. mindset. The things that they think they're right, they think they're right because they grew up in a culture. And I'm talking about Western culture, not United States of America, just Western culture. Um, so you're talking about mil- billions of people have grown up in a culture that that has been for 2,000 years, driven by mm-hmm. the Christian moral ethic. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, to say, I think we should have equality, that is a Christian concept. Mm-hmm. It always has been. And so the only reason you think that equality is good is because you've had the influence of the Holy Spirit and Christ church bringing these ideas to the forefront. If you had not had that, you would think exactly what they always thought in every culture before, that the individual does not have value, that the state itself is the thing that has the most value, mm-hmm. that that uh, we should, that if a child is born with a defect, we throw it out on the trash heap and let it die because it's not strong enough. You have basically what, what I would call um, a social Darwinist view of the world. The strong, you know, are the ones that we care about. Those who have money, the powerful, might makes right. Those are the traditional morals of the earth have always been. It is only the influence of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working through Christ's church that has ever given anything else you know, uh, uh, any other moral idea or whatever, a full head to go forward. Now, I'm not saying that no unbeliever has ever understood these things. What I'm saying is that by and large, the framework Mm -hmm. comes from Christianity. There are people, there were philosophers in other places and so on, who had pieces of correct morality. I believe even that is something that you can see through nature and something that can be revealed to you through the Holy Spirit. But as far as the, the mindset of people who say, this is what's right, that comes from Christianity. And mm-hmm. what I would wonder is if every person who, just every person who voted, I don't care what party they voted for, third party, first party, second party, blah, blah, blah. If, if, if we had, instead of going to the polls yesterday, if we had taken the amount of time 
That it took to vote. Took to vote, get a sticker, and then post it all over social media on every <laughs> single outlet with right. your sticker on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Reddit, on every platform. Right. <laughs> if instead of doing that, you had taken the equal amount of man hours yeah. and put it into something that had a right now practical effect, you probably would have moved the world forward 10 times what any of these politicians will do oh, over the next agreed. two years that, that yes. you, they're going to be in office. And so, you know, we've got to keep, you know, Hunter and I were talking earlier today about, about, you know, business and how much time it takes, how much time is really involved in the things that, that that we do. We think about, you know, when we're, when we're doing something, we think about the hours spent, you know, uh, we were talking about, you know, his wife has a business and she spent a couple hours doing this thing. And, the, and there was X amount of money that was connected to the couple hours spent doing this thing, but not necessarily counting all the hours that are around it, right. That are, they're involved in it. Um, we have to think about impact. We have to think about yeah. impact. And so if you're, if you're going to fret and get on Facebook and spend a half hour a day reading, nervously, uh, the, the news and watching, you know, whatever your favorite news channel is on, it, it, you know, whatever. And then, and of course voting. And of course, you know, convincing your friends. if you took that amount of time that you, that you spend politically and put it in, even just into reading scripture, the transformation that would have on your heart, that would, that would give you a passion to do other things and put it into things that were practical. Mm -hmm. You would see so much more, uh, personal, uh, you would get to see with your eyes so much more personal effect on the world yeah. than you will ever have by voting for politicians. Now, I think you should do both vote and do these things. But I'm just saying, keep in mind the level to which you as an individual can influence the world through your actual work, through your heart, through the things mm -hmm. you do versus the amount of time you spend fretting and worrying about politics and telling us when your when your team won on Facebook <laughs> and Reddit and whatever, every time your team won, whatever, every time the other team won, you explaining why they didn't really win and how your team won. And, Gosh. and, you know, going back and forth and, t and telling people how, no, Jesus would really think this. No, Jesus would really think that. Listen, here's what Jesus thinks. You are a sinner in need of a savior. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what Jesus thinks. And what he cares about is that you move forward loving other people. He's not, yeah. the primary thing you're going to be asked is not who did you vote for? That is not the problem. I'm not saying that you won't have a responsibility morally for the thing, for the people that you voted for and that rewards in, you know, in, in eternity are not going to be related on the moral choices you make. One of which is voting. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's probably not the primary thing. I'm thinking that that's probably down the list somewhere to what did you do when I was thirsty, when I was hungry, when I was mm -hmm. in prison, when I, you know, when I came to you, oh, we never saw you. Well, whatever you did for the least of these, mm -hmm. you know, the, there's a lot of the least of these mindset that Christ has. Are you doing that? Don't tell me I voted for this candidate who was going to do this for the least of these. Great. That's great. But what did you do? Mm -hmm. Where are you at? What have you done lately? And so I'm getting somewhat passionate about this, but it's not because I don't care about quote unquote politics. It's because I care more about the major mover on this planet, which is Christ's mm -hmm. church and what we ought to be doing. You know, what do you, so this message, the one that we're talking about here today, that Christ's church is the main force for change and for good and for transformation on the earth. What do, what do you think the church needs to do to help this generation, your generation that's coming up right now, you two, my daughter, you know, the, the people that are, that are in that sort of 18 to 30, 35 year old age group who are coming into influence, 75 million strong. What do we need to do as Christchurch to help them understand that their, that, that their effect 
as a human being on the earth is going to be so much stronger in the context of Christ's church than in the context of politics and ideologies and so on. What, what would you, just as a human being, uh, as, as Christ's child, what would you suggest? I'll start with you, Kristen. How do you get that message across? I don't know. It's because it's just like it's such a big thing to tackle. It's got a lot of intricate parts in it, but it's just, I don't know, like you were saying, um, it, and this sounds so cliche and I feel like it's it's a it's something that's said in in politics a lot, but I feel like it is also kind of applicable here. But like be the change that you want to see, like that's the starting, that's the jumping off point. And so, you know, trying to get them to see that it's not it's not our government's responsibility. It's not this political party's responsibility. It's um, as somebody that is a follower of Christ, it's on our responsibility to love people and do all this, serve other people, wash their feet, you know, um, do all of these things and, um, and not discourage them for politics and whatever, whatever, but just get them to see that it, um, it's a much more personal thing. Because I also think with how much that politics is talked about and broadcasted on everything, um, there's so many different opinions and it's, it's so overwhelming to figure out what's going on and who to listen to and what to believe and nonetheless figure out what your opinion even is on it and all of the information that you're getting. Um, and so I think if I would have heard this podcast three years ago, it would have been super, um, it would have been a burden lifted off my shoulder if, if I could just, you know, be like, okay, so I need to start with a change. I don't, I don't expect all of these people to do this, 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 and this, mm -hmm. and also put myself in, like you were saying, those other people's shoes is if I, if I think this way and I want to vote on this issue, how would that affect, you know, this, this minority or this person that God says that we need to love and take care of the sick, the needy oppressed, um, instead of aligning with what other, whatever politics are popular at the time or whatever Facebook tells me to do, mm -hmm. um, and make it a more, um, I guess, relatable thing. Mm -hmm. Hunter? I think I'd first uh, just ask them to um, genuinely consider whether they are approaching the realm of politics from a tribalistic standpoint or from um, a, a genuine um, openness and willingness to seek out the best options for politics. But to also understand that uh, these that politics are a part of of our society they are not the sum of our they're not they are not what our society is mm -hmm. um they influence society but they are just a piece of that and that your um the culture that you create by your life um and the way that you treat people and the way that um you live in as live as an example um to people um is as important or more important than um, your contribution to politics, which honestly um, is not that much. You know, posting on Facebook about your political views um, has only so much that you can. For the most part, it's it's like me posting "Go Seahawks" on on Facebook. You know, it's going to make people who like Seahawks happy, <laughs> um, and it's people who don't like Seahawks are going to scroll past it. You know, um, or coming back. Go Steelers or something like that. Right. I don't know. Something crazy. Um, something crazy. <laughs> Sorry for those Steelers fans. <laughs> but you're crazy. Just kidding. Um, you know, I, I would tell them um, care about these things, but don't get your identity mm -hmm. and and your and and your 
um, the worth that you give. I, I think like people will decide whether they like, they like our country by how the country votes. And mm. but it's just, it seems kind of silly, you know, um, you know, the, the country voted 52% to 48% on this. And, and you think our country is going to hell because they didn't vote in the way that you wanted to. So yeah, I'd encourage them. Um, not, don't get your hopes and, um, your, your security wrapped up in politics, but, um, engage in it in a healthy way, but more so engage in the world around you, um, making it a better place through, um, well, if you're a Christian, um, through your love for Christ and, mm-hmm. and the love that he's shown you. And, um, if you're not a Christian, you know, uh, well, hopefully you, you look at Christians and notice, Hey, there's something, um, um, in this, that this world needs. So yeah, that's, that's probably where I would go with that conversation. Mm-hmm. I would say a few things. Um, I would not get wrapped up. One of the things that I've noticed about this, these midterm elections that we've just had, and you may be listening to this. I think this is applicable no matter when you're listening to it. Of course, this is, we're recording this on what? November 7th, mm-hmm. 2018. Yeah, there you go. Dog. 2018. Um, and you may be listening to this much, much later. Um, and that's fine because I think this is applicable. But right now, you know, the talk on last night on the news and, and today is who won? Right. Mm-hmm. Which which party won? Because these were this wasn't a presidential election. This was an election of of senators and and governors and and uh, Congress people. Uh, you know, in the House of Representatives. And so it's kind of who won. You know, who got more of this and who won and what, what does it really mean and who won? Who won? Who won? Who won? Listen. Um, do you really think? I mean, just be honest with yourself. Do you really think that Jesus is biting his fingernails <laughs> and wondering whether or not he won in this situation, or do you understand that Jesus already won? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he already won. What's what, what's important is not who wins these political uh, uh, elections, um, no matter how dramatic they may be. What's important is that you have uh, a, a way to the Father. The, what's important is that you ha- have the opportunity to be cleansed, justified, uh, redeemed, uh, transformed through the through the power of the Holy Spirit and and through the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So He is not. I promise you, biting his fingernails and be like, "Well, I hope that United States of America, you pulls know, it together. pulls it together and gets the right." <laughs> people. This is the most important election in a generation. That's well, not what he's doing. Does he care? Of course he does. He cares about what is happening to people. He loves people, but he is not thinking about winning in this mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. He already won. And so I would say, be careful about that focus. For those who listen, I don't know, we have people who listen listen internationally. Um, and American, United States of America politics is like this big dramatic thing. For instance, if I ask you guys, who won the last election in China, you wouldn't be able to name a candidate. Right? Correct. Okay, just making sure. Uh, uh, Because the fact is, is that Chinese politics don't have the worldwide impact, or at least not to the United States of America, that that our politics. But if you asked in China, who's the president of the United States, a lot of them would know and would probably know who ran against the president of the United States and would maybe not different congressmen and senators, but certainly at least at the top, U.S. politics is a huge deal. And part of that is because it's, it's a, it's a stinking gong show, right? It's just, it's this, it's <laughs> it this totally crazy is. dramatic thing that's going <gasps> oh. on because people put so much into, um, because America has, uh, the United States of America has huge impact and people put, and, and, and we have lots of media. And so it's something to watch, right? It's like watching a, a, a train crash or something. You're, it's like, what <laughs> it's is, what TV. is happening, right? It's reality TV. Yeah. It is at some level. And so no, to is, get, yeah. to get ultra focused on that 
is uh, I would just I would just submit to you to think to ask the Lord should I be as focused on this? Go ahead and put on Facebook your political thoughts if you want to do that. I, you know whatever it doesn't matter to me. You do what you feel God has called you to do in your conscience to to um, to serve your brothers and sisters uh, in Christ and to serve those in the world to be treating uh, you, to be loving your enemies. You know, these are the questions I ask. Am I doing to others as they would do unto me? Mm-hmm. Am I loving my enemies? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do, do all of that and, and do what you feel like you need to. If you're called to have a lot to say politically, there are those who are called into politics. There's a, look, I'm not getting on you about that. But don't get so focused on winning because we, we don't win. Believers don't win or lose in elections. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. We, we are not of this world. We are strangers and aliens here. We are, uh, we are the kingdom of God. We've already won. That's all over. So focus more on caring for people. If you took the time to go to a ward uh, in the hospital or to a hospice um, full of AIDS patients who are dying, and you went in there and washed some feet, whatever that meant. You went there and just served those people, just loved on those people, just poured into those people. I seriously will be very surprised if any of them asks you what political party you come from. They will not care, but they might ask you why you're doing it. And that's when you get to say, because Jesus loves you. Mm. And saying, I may fill in the blank political party is rarely going to get people to ask you about Jesus. That's just not the way it is. The last thing I'll say is as believers, we need to be at least as focused, if not 10 times more focused on what we're for than on what we're against. And so if people see believers in general as super hyper focused on moralism, which is to say, look at these evil people out there doing these evil things. And that's so bad. And God's against that. Hey, it's true. There are evil people doing evil things and God's against it, just like you were before he saved you, mm. by the way. Um, your judgment on, on those people is not necessary. God will judge. Uh, I'm not saying that you should not care and work to see people who are harming themselves harm themselves less. Of course, I care about morality. Of course, I speak, I preach on, on morality and whatever. But what I want to preach about at least as much as that is the things that we're for, mm-hmm. that we're for People, we are for transformation. We are for mm-hmm. seeing the oppressed set free, the prisoner set free, the the blind seen, the the lame healed. We're for seeing those kinds of things. We're for seeing people go forward in in strength and power uh, in, in the Holy Spirit. We want to see our community strong. We want to see marriages and families strong. We want to see children strong. We're for all of those things. We should not be defined by what we're against. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a believer in Christ Church. All the other stuff we said, absolutely, but keep this in mind. If most people would look at you and could define you more by what you're against than by what you're for, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem in your communication. You're not communicating well enough the glory and, and beauty and splendor, just the, glor- just the glorious uh, thing it is to follow Jesus Christ. If most of what they would say is, yeah, that person's really against fill in the blank, this political party, this moral act, this thing, that's mainly what they're focused on. Then there's an issue there Mm -hmm. because what they should be seeing is the joy that just can't help springing up from you as a result of being a Christ follower. And so I'm going to leave that at that. I hope that, that you guys have enjoyed, uh, another round of the millennials and me, and, and we'll pray as we close father, we pray for the United States of America. And we also pray for every other country in the world. We pray for every human being on earth. We pray that, that your truth, 
that you've shown us both through nature and revealed to us in scripture would sweep through and change people, that people would, would seek you out, Lord, because the scriptures are about you, Jesus. And we just pray that, that people will come to know you, that people would grow in you, that they would see the joy that, that, that you can bring to our lives as you transform us, as you've forgiven us and our wicked, dark, black hearts, and you've made us clean and white as snow, and you've put our sin as far as east is from west. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Help us to focus more on the people that you've called us to serve mm-hmm. than on the people who we think can help us You know, ha- have a stronger whatever, fill in the blank. Lord, help us to be less political in in the sense of elections and more political in the sense of people and caring about people. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray that people would look at your church and see it as the main mover, the main agent for positive change in the world. That is only through the Holy Spirit working through your people that we see serious movements of love and let them see that love that we have for one another and that we have for them and let it change their hearts and let it lead them towards you. Just like the people who would go in in the Roman world to those who were sick and dying and risk their own lives and often die to help them, even though they were pagans, even though they weren't believers, because they cared so much for those people that they wanted to be in with them as they were sick and not let them die alone. And that the, the, the force that that had to have people go, what is this? Who are these people? That there must be a God and that he must be powerful because of the love that they show, Lord. Help that to be the defining characteristic of believers as we move forward. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. 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 Thanks again for listening to that podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you were able to engage in it thoughtfully. Um, if you haven't heard of Axe Church before, and this is your first time hearing of us, um, we are in Camas, Washington. You can check us out at axcamas.org. That's A-C-T-S-C-A-M-A-S dot O-R-G. Um, we have other podcasts and sermons on there. If you have thoughts or uh, questions or um, anything like that, uh, comment. Um, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes and if you'd give this track a like. As always, you can subscribe to our our podcast feed um, by clicking the subscribe button either on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a blessed day and we will talk to you again later.